Praises to Christ the Lord. Let us all you.
Somebody's crying, Lord, kumbaya. Somebody's crying. 
is now our door. He's our way. And you as a young child, trust that that's true because you have a good father and a good granddad that are believing this. And then the world starts driving you into places like this. And as a young child, you you follow your dad because you trust him. But can you imagine, as a young man or woman like you are right now, and you came to this place tonight to worship God with your family. But you know that if you got caught here, you'd be persecuted like the rest. Uh, You might be put to death. Uh, You know, that's back in time. And that's connecting this whole great story that God has about us. But here we are, sitting on concrete. Fourth session, Blue Haven. What do you believe? Who's your good, good father? What is your faith supposed to look like? We've got a guy that's going to talk to us. His name's Jared. He's pretty awesome. And the main reason he's awesome is because he's got a really good wife. The main reason, one of the other main reasons, is because he looks a whole lot like Jesus. And God does that in our lives. And I'm going to bring Jared, I'm going to help Jared come up here. We're going to walk around the front of this, there's folks behind it. And we're going to pray over him, and he's going to talk to us. Look good. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you for Jared right here. Thank you for the influence that you have allowed Jared to have in your name. That you have worked through him. Um, and your word has been heard coming out of his mouth a lot. Uh, your hands have been seen touching and and people have felt you touching them through him and that's a really cool deal Lord that he uh, is a really cool image bearer of you and we're thankful for him Uh, tonight mostly I pray for these kids on the floor Uh, and I know Jared would too Lord I pray that these young people would decide that truth is truth and it's time it's time to follow you Uh, we pray that with all our heart Praise you for this night and this great rain and this great worship. All in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Mark 10. Um, many people were bringing little children to Jesus. And the disciples rebuked them. Jesus became indignant, saying, Let the little children come to me, for to such as these belongs the kingdom of God. I tell you the truth, unless you become like a little child, you shall not enter into the kingdom of God. And then they brought their children to Jesus, and he blessed them. Don't you aspire to greatness? The disciples are following the Messiah, the chosen one, and they are bringing to the earth the kingdom of God. 
How great it must be to be a witness, to be present, to be following the very feet of Jesus, the Christ. And Mark tells this strange story of a blind man who Jesus doesn't quite heal all the way. They bring a blind man to him, and Jesus heals him, and he says, Do you see anything? And he says, I see people walking around like trees. Jesus heals him again. He says, do you see anything now? And now he sees completely. And immediately following this story, it's done on purpose. You're not supposed to miss it. Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, one of the prophets. But who do you say that I am? Jesus asks. And Peter replies, you are the Christ, Son of God. And he sees, but not, not quite clearly. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, I tell you that the Son of Man must suffer and die many th- at the hands of sinners. And Jesus says, never, Lord. This will never happen to you. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. For you have in that mind the things of men, not the things of God. You see... Peter doesn't see clearly. The disciples don't see clearly. And in the following verses, your memory verse for this week is what comes next. I'll have to look at it. Sorry. Y'all should just tell it to me. You should know it, right? If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this sinful and adulterous generation of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father and with his holy angels. That's beautiful. And the disciples don't see. They're still blind. They see people walking around like trees, to use Mark's analogy. You see, they aspire to a great kingdom following a great Messiah who's going to rule the world with great power. And they want to be first and second in the kingdom. They want to be, they want to have status and they want to be members of this powerful kingdom coming to the earth. And death, death is not quite what they have in mind. Peter confesses that Jesus is the Messiah but not the kind of Messiah who dies. And a little bit later on, Jesus heals this demon-possessed boy. And this, immediately following this, Jesus repeats again in this story, the Son of Man is going to die and suffer many things as they're walking down the road. They get to where they're going. Jesus asks, hey guys, what were y'all talking about on the way? And they were silent because they had been arguing about who the greatest is. And I'm sure Peter said, well, I'm the greatest. I confess that he was the Christ first. 
And James and John said, well, we were there at the transfiguration. We saw him up on the mountain with Moses and Elijah. And Judas says, well, I'm the one in charge of the money. Clearly, he trusts me the most. I'm the greatest. Don't you want to be the greatest in the kingdom? They certainly want to be the greatest. And Jesus' response is that the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And he takes a little child and puts it in front of him. And he says, whoever receives a child receives me. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And then he gives an explanation about how how we're supposed to protect these children and how it would be better for us to have a millstone tied around our neck and to be thrown into the sea than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. And he talks about cutting your right hand off and your left hand off. And they just can't see. Because the strangest thing happens. He tells this. And then he gets done speaking and they say... Uh, Jesus, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and he wasn't with us. He wasn't inside like us. So we rebuked him. And Jesus says, what are you doing? I tell you, no one can cast out demons in my name, and the very next second curse my name. Whoever is not against us is for us. There are good things happening in the world, and God is at work in the world in places we can't even imagine. And we have to be careful that we're not stumbling blocks to those whose lives God's are already, those whose lives God's already at work in, doing things, accomplishing things, His Spirit at work in the world for the healing of the nations. And a little bit while, a little bit later on in the story, a little bit more time goes by, and the strangest thing happens. We come to our verse after having been told that it would be better to have a millstone tied around your neck and be thrown into sea than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. People, many people are bringing their children, the little ones, to Jesus, and the disciples rebuked them. Can they not see? Are they so blind? The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. The low are being raised up. What about us? Don't you want to be the greatest? The greatest student at the greatest school? The greatest grades? Go to a great college and someday have a great job where you make great money. Live in a great neighborhood. Be a great athlete. Going to the greatest camp. Having the greatest counselors having the most followers on social media. God doesn't care about our status. God doesn't look at appearances like we do. He's not interested in who's first and who's second and who's third. Let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them. Unless you become the kind of person who doesn't care about status, you cannot participate in what God is doing on the earth. The disciples get in the way of the lowly. And God uses this to teach them that the low are loved as much as the high. And I have to confess to you that times in my life I have been stumbling blocks to the weak. 
and to those who are low. I've said the wrong thing and taught the wrong thing and lived with regrets. And you know what's great about the disciples and all their blindness is they teach me that even though I'm the one who should have the millstone tied around my neck, that God isn't through with me. Jesus is not casting them out even though they are scandalizing the Gospel. They are getting in the way of the weak. See, God isn't the kind of God who cares about status. The highest of all the world, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the ruler of the universe, came to us, to the lowly, to those who were weak and those who were broken, those who could not help themselves out of the pit they had dug for themselves. And He did not ask us to serve Him, but He served us. He did not ask us to feed Him, but He fed us. He is our Lord and Savior, the ruler of all, the creator of everything. John will say, by Him we have breath and life. He's given everything to us. And yet He did not come to have us give it back to Him, but to get underneath us and to serve us and to lift us up. You see, He loves you so much that the King of kings and the Lord of lords became your servant. Status does not matter to God. He is not interested in being the kind of God who lords His status over you. And He wants you to let go of your desire to appear a certain certain way. You cannot see what He is doing on the earth if you care about status. I tell you the truth, unless you become like a little child, you see how they don't care about status? How they just run up and love people and somebody important walks up. They don't know who they he, that person is, but they know who their father is. Right? They, the love they have for their father and their indifference to social status. Unless you become like this, unless you let go of your image, of your desire to be better than somebody else, to be higher to be lifted up, to be praised above others. Unless you let go, you cannot participate. You cannot enter into the kingdom, the place where God rules the earth. It's here and you've seen it. Where God's in charge. Where fifth graders get to hang out with seniors in high school. They get to high five and be celebrated. Where the low are treated the same as the high. The disciples' blindness will soon be healed. They will experience the reality of how much God cares for them and for the lowly. God's kingdom is not based on our rank, our greatness, our status, our wealth. God loves the lowly and the broken. God blesses those who are late to work with the same fruit as He gave those who showed up early. Can you see? God loved those loves those who are outcast. God loves the homeless, the degreeless, the broken, the lost. All have been invited to the place where those who restrained from sinful indulgence their whole lives are treated the same as those who have only restrained from sinful indulgence for a month. Those who spent their whole lives in the kingdom serving the Lord, are treated equally with those who just decided to follow Jesus because status does not matter here. 
The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. God wants the low to be treated just as good as the high. The kingdom of heaven belongs to the low. It is such a good news for them. He's coming to help them out of that pit that they're in. Let go of your need to appear high and enter into the reality that God loves the lowly just as much as He loves the high. That God wants us to treat each other the same. The high to be treated with love, of course, but the low to be treated with the same love as the high. And this kingdom is at work on the earth even now. God is at work loving those who are broken, helping those who cannot help themselves. He is at work taking care of children whose parents cannot take care of them on their own. He is at work helping us in the ministry of reconciliation. He is at work in His kingdom enacted on the earth. The place where God reigns. Where we don't care about status. And we don't care about who your mom or your dad is. We just care about who your Lord is. If there's anything you take away from this, it's to love the low. Don't be blind. One more time, Jesus walking down that road with these boys after they've rebuked. After they've rebuked the children and He's rebuked them twice. You know what James and John do? They walk up and they say, Lord, when you come in power in your kingdom, can we sit on your right and your left? I still don't get it. This isn't the kind of God. This isn't the kind of Messiah who cares about that stuff. And one more blind man will be healed and then Jesus will walk into Jerusalem. And He will show them how much God loves those who are blind, those with millstones tied around their neck, those who can't see, those who don't get it, those who have led others astray. He's come to save us all, folks. May we participate in what He is doing on on the earth already, which is bringing in the lowly and treating the lowly just like we treat the high. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these people whose spirit dwells inside of them and who have entered into the reality of loving their neighbor as themselves, of treating those who those who are low, the little ones, children, the same as they treat those who are high, and those who are in power. Lord, forgive us when we have led others astray. We know that you have done that. We just accept your forgiveness and your love even now that you have come to save those of us who made the mistakes of teaching wrong, of leading wrong, just like you've come to save those who were lost, those who were low. Thank you, Lord for serving us when it was us who should have been serving you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.